Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever had a time in your life when someone obviously needed help, and when you offered, they said no? Would you be surprised to learn that it's often the way God's people are with Him? In Daniel chapter 8, Daniel is given a prophecy hundreds of years in the future when God's people seem to forget him and a ruthless enemy comes towards them. So God offers his help. What do you think happens next? To find out, here's Pastor Jim in part two of his message, I Can See Clearly Now. We are called. As followers of Jesus, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm glad you're here. Please say hi on the way out. You're watching on the internet. Get in contact with me here during the week. Love to get to know you. You say, I know people say, nobody would ever tell you they're not a follower of Jesus who comes here. It happens, actually happens quite often. And so we're glad that you're here. But we are to trust God as followers of Jesus in a world that will often make following Jesus very difficult. They were... We were. Daniel's time, the people he's prophesying to, were to, we are to, trust a sovereign God from one generation to the next for what could be a long time. Now, let's be honest. I know that is not a popular message, but it's the truth. You know, so you see on TV, guys, they only preach the positive message. People are like, I always want to hear the positive message. And then you're like, well, look at all the people in the, in the stands. You know, Jesus said, beware when all men speak well of you, for so they did of your fathers, the false prophets. So when I see guys on TV, everything's great. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, big audience, I just go, false prophet. You say, that's judgmental. Talk to Jesus, don't talk to me. He said, that's the way, that's the way it is. That's what they do to gather their crowd. And let's always remember that discipleship, being learners and followers of Jesus, enter into the process of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, that is a long, slow process. So Daniel's in Babylon. Why? Why is he in Babylon? Well, because of the sin of the people of God. They had sort of, they engaged in something called syncretism. They combined Yahwehism with letting the world creep in and other types of religions creep in. They mixed them together. And once you mix anything together with following Jesus or the gospel or what they were worshiping in the the God of the Old Testament, you've lost it. You can't mix it. And so because of the sin of the people of God, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians came and they conquered Jerusalem and they took prisoners of war captive, Daniel being one of them. Again, down there now about 50 years. But in this vision that Daniel has in chapter 8, Daniel is in Babylon, but he's looking 400 years where the people are back in Jerusalem. They're back in the land. And this madman who thinks he's God is in Jerusalem with them, and he wants to stop what we call second temple worship of the true people of God. Why do we call it second temple worship? Because Nebuchadnezzar leveled the first temple, and then when the people of God were allowed to leave Babylon 
and went back. You can read all about this in Ezra and Nehemiah. When they went back, they built. It wasn't as nice, but it doesn't matter. They, they built the second temple. You say, why doesn't it matter? Because the temple was symbolic of the presence of God. Now, we're sitting here in a warehouse. Did you forget we're in a warehouse? We're in a warehouse. Okay. So we're in a warehouse. And what's the most important thing? Two things. Number one, we're here and God's here. That's it. Pastor Jim? No, doesn't matter. Okay, you're watching at home. It matters. You're with us and God is with us. That's what matters. God doesn't care about where you're worshiping. He just wants his people to come and worship him. And so there they are. But why would a God allow this? In fact, in verse 13 of this chapter, Daniel asked the angel the same question we said we asked. He asked asked the angel, how long is this going to go on for? Verse 11, we get a little bit of the answer. He, talking about the madman, even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host. So what is he saying? This guy exalts himself in the temple as if he's God himself. That's what he's doing. And by him, the daily sacrifices were taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. So what does he do? He goes into God's house and he rearranges the furniture. That's a no-no, right? We don't do that. But that's what this guy does. Why why does God allow this? Look at verse 12. Because of transgression... Some of your versions say rebellion. An army was given over to the horn. The horn is the the guy with the power to oppose the daily sacrifices and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. Now, Bible scholars debate whose transition, whose transgression, whose sins, whose rebellion. Some say it's Antiochus. Some say it's the Jews. Some say it's both. Now, while I would say it's both, when we get to chapter 9, Daniel prays a prayer of repentance for the nation. Now, it's very interesting. Daniel repents for the nation where he is. He repents for the nation in the future. And history tells us that at this time, Israel was not faithful to God as they had allowed much of Greek culture into their culture And what did Greek culture bring with it? Greek religion. So Greek religion was paganism. And so what happened was they were syncretizing. They were practicing Yahwehism and Greek paganism. And here's the deal. God loves his people too much to allow that. And he will. And he often does allow whatever it takes to get his people back to the place where he wants them. If you're a parent, you know something about that. You know that sometimes you have to exercise tough love. Sometimes you have to, you have to do what it takes to get your child to obey. So it goes something like this. For God's people in Jerusalem, 
Enemies were constantly coming at them. That city was leveled more times than a kid in a sandbox. I'm telling you, that place was leveled so many times. And I don't mean the kid leveled, I mean when they're making sandcastles. And so God would be like this with the enemies. You're not coming in. You're not coming in. You're not coming in. Until such a point in time when the people were like, God, we really don't need you. We really don't need you. And God goes, okay, come on in. Come on in. Why does God do that? To get people's attention to start following him again. So that's why, loved ones, I constantly beg you, and I will never tire of this, please do not believe the people who say it doesn't matter how followers of Jesus live. Does it, please don't believe the people who say it doesn't matter how followers of Jesus worship. The New Testament teaches us that our whole lives is, a, is an act and a gift of worship to God. So of course it matters how we live, and there's tons of commandments in how we are to live. Now, some people will say, that's Old Testament, Pastor Jim. Yes, I agree, where we are right now is Old Testament. But the New Testament actually calls us to a higher standard. In Galatians chapter 5, we're called to the law of love. If I gave you a list of like 10 things to do, you know, wear your hair a certain way, dress a certain way, you know, get up a certain time or something like that, 10 things, and God would be happy with you. Most of us could knock out the list. But when he tells us, hey, you just got to live according to the law of love. Oh, man, God, I need your help with that one. (laughs) The book of Hebrews tells us that we are called to gather together to worship. Jesus said we are to worship in spirit and in truth. So again, let's think about it. You're smart people. I know a lot of pastors say, ah, the people in the churches aren't very smart. I always, whenever I hear a pastor talk like that, I go, the people in my church are smart. They are. They're no dummies. I don't know why they come here. I guess they feel sorry for me, but they're no dummies. Think about it. Why did God allow the Babylonians to destroy the first temple, which was symbolic of God's presence because of their sin? That's why he did it. So, why is God giving the second temple to this madman? Because the people of God had perverted the faith. Now, I know what I'm about to say is going to be very hard for a lot of people. But maybe today, it's quite possible that the American church is not as innocent as we think we are. That, that maybe we're in the state that we're in right now because we have, in many ways, remember the church is vast in the United States. Much of the church has turned its back on God, we teach everybody all kinds of other stuff except what God says, and God's going, starting to go, all right, I'm cracking the door open. Now you say, oh no, it can't get any worse than this. Oh my gosh, are you reading what's going on in certain parts of the world? It could get way worse than this. When Daniel asked the angel how long it would last, he was told these people in the future, it would last for them 2,300 days. Now, people, Bible scholars argue about this. Three and a half, does that mean three and a half years? Does it mean seven years? Does that mean it's symbolic that God has a timetable? We'll talk about that stuff Wednesday night, plus some interesting groups that grew out of that single prophecy. 
But the Bible provides hope. And remember, in the Bible, hope is not like, well, I hope that works out for you. Hope is certainty. The Bible provides hope that even in the midst of the unfaithfulness of the people of God, even in the midst of the attacks of of the enemies and the attacks of evil, that God's plans and God's purposes are still moving forward. God wants to provide for us hope, that certainty, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad the persecution, God will deliver his people. God will deliver those who put their trust in him. So after all that, we finally get to the verses that we read. Some of you are like, you know, the church I went to, the, church, the sermon would be ended now. I go, well, you're not there this morning. That's so. The angel tells us about the ruthless madman and our king. Verse 23, and in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressions have reached their fullness, when God says, I've seen enough, doors open, a king shall arise. Now, when you see little K king in the Bible, what does that mean? That's a punk king. That's not Jesus. You wonder, what's he like? having fierce features who understand sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. Now, people debate, is the power God's power or the power of the evil one? I personally vote for number two. Uh, I think that God allows it, but I think he's got the other guy with him. He shall destroy fearfully, could be talking about his treatment of the temple, and shall prosper and thrive, he shall destroy the mighty, and notice this, and also the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. This is like today's news, isn't it? He shall even rise against the prince of princes. He's going to rise up against God. But something is going to change. Something is going to happen. But he shall be broken without human means. I truly believe that to be the Lord. Most of these guys who, who in these prophecies, who, who you know, take over these vast empires, a lot of them, either they're killed in battle quickly or they just lose their mind. So we're not told, we're just told that he will be broken. Usually that's a God term without human means. Verse 26, and the vision of the evenings and mornings, which is told is true. Therefore, seal up the vision for it first to many days in the future. Once again, he's talking to people 400 years in advance. So God held back his judgment. But then, in an effort to get his people to come back to him, he lets the enemy in. This enemy is a ruthless, shrewd, full of deceit, self-exalting ruler who prospers and succeeds at whatever he does. And history tells us that was this thug. I don't even like saying his name. 
Notice we said, it said, we read, he shall destroy the mighty. Who's that? I would think that's the enemies that come against him. And also the holy people. What, what is that? That's the people who are being faithful during the time when he is persecuting in Jerusalem. That's the time when he's walking up to people saying, hey, you do it my way or you going down. And people go, we'll take number two. We'll take number two. We'd rather face God than you. We'll put ourselves in God's hands, not in your hands. We're not going to do what you say. Now, it's quite possible that these people were helped by what? Daniel chapter 8. 400 years in advance, they're, they're reading this thing going, oh my, this is what we're living through. This is the time. This fits this guy exactly. You see, they were people who were, these holy people were people who were ready to live in times of evil as in well as times of triumph. Now, let's be honest. No doubt, many of us would like times to be different than they are right now. I mean, you fill up your, your, your car and you're like, what? You're thinking like, did you guys rig the meter or what's the deal, man? You check out at the grocery store. You're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So you, so you wish things were different right, than they are right now. A lot of people do. Even some of the people who might feel differently politically than you do. I don't know how you feel. Some of you, on, you got people on both sides in this church. But even, even people on, on, on the side that's in power now is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But here is a, here is a key soul-searching question. Remember I said God is in control. So he's somehow in control of all this. God is in control of a world where much that happens, he hates. God is in control. You don't like what's going on. Here's the key question, soul-searching question. Do you want a different God? Very interesting. Last, sent, last, last, last service, a round of no's. This service, hmm, I got to think about that one. Do you want a different God? No, I don't. then please listen to what I have to say. By accepting the plans and purposes of God, you can, C-A-N, can, live through tough times without losing your faith. You can. Now notice what I didn't say. I didn't say it would be easy. Daniel doesn't say it's going to be easy. You don't see Daniel writing, well, if you think this is bad, you should have seen what it was like for us when Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem. He doesn't say that at all. Comparing people's difficulties is a silly thing. It's a silly thing. It's real to you. But by accepting God, by not wanting a different God, by accepting his plans and purposes, you can live through tough times without losing your faith. We cannot underestimate the importance of this thinking that if you have faith means you will have no trouble is a false gospel. It is not true. In chapters 1 through 6, 
if you were with us, did Daniel have great faith? He had great faith. Did he suffer? I don't know. I think about being thrown into a lion's den as a little bit of suffering. And now he sees that faithful people in generations to come will suffer too. You know, maybe, and I don't know, but maybe our belief in a faith that's only filled with health and wealth and everything is easy and everything goes the way I want it to go and all the sin that's in the church is why we're in the place that we're in. I'm not pointing the finger at any of you. I'm just saying that you just read about, you read any of those church news feeds every week. I'm like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. What are these people thinking? What are they, what are they doing? I was speaking to a guy recently, and he said to me, well, I, I believe, it was a business call. We're on a Zoom call, and, and, he, and, and I'm the client, so I could get away with being nasty. Um, so I, I said, it's like, um, I just think if you, if you do everything the right way, that you have every reason to expect that God will make it come out the way that you want. I said, really? I said, would you like to do a quick little Bible study with me? He's like, okay, sure. I said, go grab your Bible. He goes, well, I don't know if I can find it. I said, don't worry. Whenever I talk to anybody on the phone or on, on, a, on a business call, I've always got plenty of work to do on the side. <laughs> so he came back two days later. No, he came back a little while later, found his Bible. I said, open to the book of Hebrews. He said, where's that? After he was bragging to me about how great his faith was, he said, where's that? And I've had a lot of people tell me that stuff over the years. So, so, so I said, open to the book of Hebrews. So uh, I said, let's, let's, it's called the Hall of Faith. Let's skip over the first part of the, the first part of the chapter, talking about all the great victories that people had, people who would believe as you said. And, um, and so I said, let's pick up reading at verse 35. And, and I want to ask you how you deal with this. Women received their dead raised to life again. That sounds pretty good. Does that sound good? That sounds good. That sounds good. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Well, that doesn't sound very good, does it? That's the holy people in Daniel chapter 8. That's been so many people throughout the ages. They say more martyrs died in the last century than all the other centuries combined. Still others that had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and chains of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. And then that unbelievable phrase, of whom the world was not worthy. I mean, could you, could you imagine, could you imagine you're in heaven and you knew this was going on to some of these people and God going to, yeah, the world is not worthy of those people. And we're crying, they might raise our taxes 2%. Listen, I think the government wastes the money. Don't get me started on that. But God looks at certain people, the tremendous amount of faith that they have in difficulties and says, this world, this place, not worthy of them. I got another place for them. 
They're out of place in this world. He said, they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. I mean, this is the real soul-searching challenge. When I read this chapter, <laughs> and I, this is a chapter I read a lot. I don't know why. But I ask myself, do I really believe? Do I really trust Jesus? When I think of some of times of some of my reactions when things are not going the way I want them to go. I mean, think about it. Do we, do we, do we live mainly for earth and sort of hope for eternity? I mean, if you live that way, you're not going to have a life of joy. Oh, you'll have your ups and downs and your happiness here and there, but you're not going to always have that life of joy that's even behind your greatest sorrows. Daniel was a man of real faith. Daniel understood the older he got that he was going to die in Babylon. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.